Praise God. It's good to come together to worship the Lord. It's always good to come around and fellowship around the Word of God, be instructed in the Word of God. We're going to continue on our series we've been doing over the summer called Peeled, What's Under Your Skin. It's a topic, a subject on the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians chapter 5. But I want to begin this morning by reading from the, uh, Luke chapter 13, verses uh, 6 through 9. Luke 13, verse 6 through 9, I invite you to read along with me, your Bibles, whatever device you may be using, or if you have nothing with you, you have the screen behind you. And so go ahead and let's follow along. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, Luke chapter 13, beginning at verse 6. It's the parable of the barren fig tree. And it begins in verse 6, it says, Then Jesus told this story. A man planted a fig tree in his garden and came again and again to see if there was any fruit on it. The master, the owner, the Lord is looking for fruit in your garden. He's looking for fruit. We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. I want you to know that's not something you can just ignore this or you can think, well, you know, I've, I've been there and I've done that. I've, I've, I've heard about the fruit of the Spirit. But I want you to know that the, 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 the master, that he came and he, looking, he came again and again to see if there's any fruit, but he was always disappointed. So we don't want to be disappointing uh, to the Father. Finally, he said to the gardener, I've waited three years and there hasn't been a single fig. Cut it down. It's just taking up space in the garden. <laughs> so certainly, I know because you're here this morning, you're here worshiping God, you're here to hear the word of God, you're not interested in being cut down, and you're not interested in being classified as, I'm just taking up space, I'm just breathing someone else's oxygen. Uh, so you're in a good place at a good time. The gardener answered, he said, sir, Give it one more chance. Leave it another year, and I'll give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer. If we get figs next year, fine. If not, then you can cut it down. So, Father, we thank you for the opportunity to look into the Word of God this morning. I thank you for the work that you have begun in each and every one of us by depositing your love into our hearts by your Holy Spirit, empowering us, Lord God, with your Holy Spirit, who, whom fills our hearts with your love. So we know from Scripture, Lord, that your word, from your word that love has been deposited in our heart, and out of that love we have joy and peace and, 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 and patience and kindness and, and goodness and so forth. That Lord God, we have the potential to manifest every fruit that's listed in, in, in the Scriptures, in the book of Galatians, and we thank you for that. So, Lord God, will not sit idle by, will not uh, be frustrating by the Master coming back year after year, coming again and again and never, ever finding any progress, never, ever uh, seeing any fruit, nor will we as individuals or collectively as the body of Christ become discouraged thinking, I've been a Christian all these years. I've been trying so hard all these years, all this time, and it just seems as soon as a circumstance doesn't go my way, a trial comes my way, I just... It just seems I fail every time. I, I'm, I'm not patient. I'm not kind. I'm not extending the goodness of God. I, I, I'm not having a good time. I'm not expressing the joy of the Lord. But, Lord, I thank you that in Jesus' name, that is our, our 
minds are enlightened and renewed to the truth of Scripture, we will come to realize that, yes, we do have the love of God within us. And yes, the, the potential for great fruit lies within us, and we will be able to unlock it and to see it blossom. In Jesus' name, and all the people said, Amen. Amen. All right, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. It says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting against each other. So you're not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you're not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins that may not be mentioned there that you're thinking, oh, well, gee, mine's not in there, so I guess I'm good. No, <laughs> you're, you're covered. <laughs> we got you covered. Uh, let me tell you again, as I had before, that anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, there is hope. Everyone say, there is hope. There's hope for me. There's hope for my neighbor. All right. Verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces. Everyone say, the Holy Spirit produces. When you get a revelation of that statement right there, the Holy Spirit produces the fruit. You do not produce it. The Holy Spirit produces it. You learn to yield to the Holy Spirit. Surrender your life to him. Like Nathan mentioned last week when he did such a great job on teaching on the kindness of God, he said, you know, it begins by dying to self. Die to self and invite the Holy Spirit to take uh, over and to be leading, guiding, and directing. So the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these. Those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us also follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke, or provoke one another or be jealous of one another." The, the book of Galatians, the letter that Paul, the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Galatia, he was writing it to a group of people that were embroiled in a lot of conflict. Uh, they were embroiled in theological conflict, you know, the, 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 the dispensation of grace had just begun. It was a brand new revelation that you no longer need to be adhering to the laws of Moses, but rather you come to God through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and so that was a, a newfound freedom that many people enjoyed, but also many people didn't know what to do with it. They were so free in it, they got sloppy in it and, 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 and took it to, to extremes. And then you had the other group, you know, the, the law, the people that were at, at, uh, adhering to the laws of Moses, and they thought you have to continually adhere to the law of Moses, that even though you may be saved by grace through faith, you must also, in top of that, adhere to the laws of Moses. So there was a, just a, a lot of conflict between 
Are we living by law or are we living by grace? And that conflict still goes on today. And it's like I mentioned some years ago when I was doing a series on the grace of God. And, you know, I, I was uh, heard many years ago or, or read it in one of the books that I was reading that when, when you, uh, many people, many ministers are, are, are afraid to teach the fullness of the grace of God in its fullest measure, thinking fearing that if I teach grace as it's really portrayed in the scriptures, I'll lose control. Hear that? I'll lose control of my people. They'll go wild on me, and it'll be giving them, and many people say, you're giving people permission to sin. Well, I always refute that. Uh, I don't know about you, but people have been sinning long before I came along and gave them permission to sin because we're teaching on the grace of God. People have a propensity to find a way to sin without knowing anything about God's grace. So you can just put that to the side and, and learn to embrace the grace of God in its fullness and in its goodness and, and, and the true message of God's grace and the true spirit of God's goodness and God's good grace. You won't want to sin any longer. You won't have a desire to follow the, uh, the works of the flesh or to be controlled by the lust of the flesh. Rather, you'll have a desire to be a person of, of, of faith, a person of conviction, a person of, of prayer, and a person of worship. And you'll, you'll just have that desire because of the grace of God. So um, they have the theological conflict going on. There's also social conflicts going on, the battles between the, you know, the, the Jews have it right. No, the Gentiles have it right now. They're God's favorite people. No, the Jews are God's favorite people. And then the Apostle Paul, of course, writes that you know, in Christ there's no Jew there's no Gentile, there's no male, there's no female, and, and kind of just put a, an end to the whole thing. At least that was his, his intent was to just really come, uh, just deal with all the cultural issues and, and, and the conflicts that were taking place. And so uh, Paul's solution in writing to them was to challenge them to allow as we see in verse 22, was to allow the Spirit to guide their lives. In verse 16, so let the, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. And again, in verse 18, he, he made the, st the statement, but when you are directed by the Spirit. So we're letting the Holy Spirit guide. We're under the direction of the Holy Spirit. And when we're allowing him to guide and for him to direct us, we are not under the obligation of the law of Moses. And people say, well, isn't it still important to adhere to the law and don't we need some type of guardrails? Yes, we have a guardrail, and it's called the love of God. And it's manifested. It, it's manifested as love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You have your guardrails. And so it's, it's just it's defined different. Rather than being spelled out with all the thy shall not, it's spelled out with you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind, all your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. It's really it's a, it's a higher standard to live by the grace of God in the love of God and be walking in the fruit of the Spirit is a higher standard than living by the laws of Moses. Under the laws of Moses, you're to love your neighbor as yourself. Well, if I'm having a bad day, I'm going to treat you badly because that's how I'm loving myself. Under the law of God's grace and God's love, I'm supposed to walk in love no matter what I may be experiencing. Hello? <laughs> Everyone say, but I love the grace of God. Amen. We love God's grace and we love, we love his love for us. 
So the fruit of the Holy Spirit produces, and remember in Romans 5, 5, we are instructed that the Holy Spirit is in our hearts and he fills our hearts with the love of God and he is producing that which he has promised that he would produce. Now I want to invite you to go back again to Luke chapter 13 because I want to take a, just make a few more statements from that particular passage of scripture in Luke 13. And we read that just a few moments ago. And I mentioned that... Uh, that the man that planted the, the fig tree in his garden and he came again and again to see if there's any fruit on it. So he had an expectation. The owner is looking for fruit. The Lord is looking for fruit. The keeper, the keeper pleaded with the owner and was pleading for more time, for more time, patience, be patient. You heard a good message on patience two weeks ago from Pastor Rodney. Good message last week from Nathan, our worship minister, on, on the kindness of God. So he's pleading for more patience. The owner's looking for fruit. He's not finding any. And he wants to just eliminate the problem. But the, the, the keeper is saying, give it more time. And not only asking to give it more time, which we often do. I hear this a lot. I find myself pleading on, on my own behalf, and I hear other people pleading on their behalf, just, uh, you know, well, God's not finished with me yet. I know I'm not patient, but I, you know, just, just, you just be patient with me, or I'm, I'm, not, uh, I, I'm not as joyful as I should be, but I'm, I'm believing God that I'm going to be joyful. I'm not as kind as I should be, but just be patient with me. I, I, I believe that I can continue to grow in this. And so he's not just saying, be patient with me and give me more time. Time in itself won't make things any better. You're not going to get better just because time is elapsing. We have to put some effort into it. You know, the tension between the Holy Spirit producing the fruit and over here, then on this side, it's you cooperating with the Holy Spirit and we're moving in concert together. That's how fruit is produced. Not just saying, well, I have no responsibility. It's all up to the Holy Spirit. And if he wants me to be happy, he'll make me happy. If he wants me to be loving, he'll make me be loving. If he wanted me to be a kind person, he would have made me a kind person. It's all up to him. God's in control. It's up to him. No, it's also up to you. It, it's an interdependent partnership. He's dependent on us. We are dependent on him. So let's continue to work together in concert with one another. So the owner is looking for fruit. The keeper is pleading for time. Not only is he pleading for time, but listen to the, the statement that he makes here. Uh, he said uh, in verse 8 of, of Luke 13, the gardener said, sir, give it one more chance. Leave it another year and I'll give it what? Time. Now, I'll give it special attention. Everyone say special attention. I want to challenge you this morning to the areas that you feel like you're not maturing in like you, you, you know you should be. Give it special attention. Focus on it. I need to give special attention to this area of my life. This is something that I'm weak in. I'm immature in this area. I acknowledge that I'm immature. I'm mature enough to acknowledge that I'm immature. I, I, I can do better with kindness. I can do better with joy. I can do better with patience. I can do better with all of the fruit of the Spirit. And so I'm going to devote special attention, special attention. 
He said, what might that special attention be? Well, he didn't just say, I'm going to give it special attention. He said, I'm going to give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer. Fertilizer is food. Fertilizer is nutrition. Fertilizer is something that feeds the plants. Fertilizer, in this sense, is the word of God. It's the word of God, and it feeds your spirit. It's what will produce the love that's in your heart, deposited into your heart. It, it's, what, it's, what, it's what will cause that love that's in your heart to come out as joy and peace and kindness and gentleness and, 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 and patience and so forth. But you have to make the commitment to give it special attention. You know in your heart of hearts what areas you have been neglecting and not really giving it special attention. If you're just kind of chill and you're really not paying any attention, you're not devoting yourself uh, to, to some private study time, to purposing to hear the word of God, purposing to be a person of prayer, purposing to get into the scriptures, uh, to be, be a student of the word of God and, and, and being faithful and, and, and fellowshipping together in, in, in the local church and worshiping together, then you are not giving it special attention. So give it special attention and plenty of Fertilizer, plenty of fertilizer. I think the new King James talked about breaking up the fallow ground. Give it some time. I'm going to break up the ground and, and, and see what goes from there. So the idea of really uh, the, the nutrients to breaking up the, the hardness of heart and, and really allowing the, 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 the nutrients of God's word to get into your heart of hearts and cause it to be manifested as the fruit of the spirit. So commit to giving it special attention and plenty of fertilizer. So you're in the right place at the right time. You are, if you say, well, you know, what did I really get out of church this morning? Well, you got your soil fertilized. You got some good nutrients in there. And in due season, you will see it if you don't grow weary. Galatians, later in the, in the book of Galatians, chapter 6, we're told not to grow weary in doing good. And today we're talking about the, the fruit of goodness. Don't grow weary in doing good. Grow weary. It's a process. You didn't become impatient overnight. Over a process of time, you became impatient. <laughs> you grow unkind. Nathan so well spoke last week about how children are naturally kind. Little kids are kind, but they grow out of that kindness because of the nature of the flesh. But we don't have to continue to grow out of that. We can, we can purpose to reverse course here and to give our hearts special attention and to grow in kindness, in goodness, and in patience. So don't grow weary in doing good. Continue to give it plenty of time. Plenty of time. Give it lots of nutrition. I want to turn to uh, your attention also real briefly here to 1 John chapter 4. And talking about nurturing the fruit of the Spirit. Goodness, kindness, patience, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. Nurturing it pleading for time and patience, committing to giving special attention. Here in, the, in 1 John chapter 4, 
I'm going to read verse 16 and 17. It says, we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live in love. Everyone say live in love. To live in his love, to abide in his love means taking up residence in his love. You are giving yourself special attention. You are paying attention to, am I abiding in the love of God? Yes, I'm born again. Christ in me, the hope of glory. I'm in Christ. He's in me. Yes, I have that. But are you conscious of the fact that you are in God and that you have put your trust in his love? He is love. And all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. So you live in God and God lives in you. The love of God is in your spirit, in your heart, by the Holy Spirit, and it's by the Holy Spirit that the fruit of the Spirit is produced, that goodness is produced. Verse 17, and as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. Our love grows more perfect or more mature. So as you live in God, as you give your heart special attention, to become a student of the word of God, to become a hearer of the word of God, to focus on the fruit of the spirit, to give it special attention, especially the areas that I'm weak in. I just said, well, it's part of my personality. It's part of my makeup. My dad wasn't happy. My mom wasn't happy and I'm not happy. So I have no joy. That's not, that's not acceptable. Perhaps your mom was not happy and your dad was not happy and you haven't had any joy, but that doesn't mean you can't be, that you can't experience the joy of the Lord. You have been born again. You have been redeemed by God's good grace. Amen. Amen. By God's goodness, his good grace, his mercy. So we've been born again. So we, we don't want to be camping on whatever excuses we've had about our family of origin, our personalities, and all those other things. And just, you know, there's a lot of emphasis in our culture. It has been for a long time, but it keeps coming up in, 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 in new types of testing and so forth about uh, personality profiles and think, well, this is who I am, so I'm strong in this area and I'm weak in this area. And that's fine for you to do those, but then when you find out what you're weak in, then go ahead and pay special attention to it. Develop yourself in all of the fruit of the Spirit. You can't just say, well, I'm really strong in kindness, and, and, but I'm not patient. You know, no, you grow in all of it. And so when we live in God, our love grows more perfect or more mature. From John chapter 15, I think this may be a more familiar passage of Scripture to many people. Talks about abiding in the vine, that apart from abiding in the vine, we, we, we can't do anything. We will not be producing anything without abiding in, in, in the vine, which is Jesus Christ. So allow the love of God, to allow yourself to camp in the love of God and be persuaded of the love of God and know that as you pay special attention to the areas that the Holy Spirit is directing you in, you will know just exactly uh, how to respond to the prompting and to the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit of God who loves you and he wants nothing more than to continue to lead you and to guide you into, into patience, into kindness, into gentleness, and, and into the goodness of God, the goodness of God. Y'all know God is good, correct? Yes. God is a good God. Y'all know that? Yes. Y'all believe that? Yes. 
Amen. God is good. And so we are created in his likeness and we are to be image bearers of God just as we're to be patient, we're to be kind, we're also to be operating in goodness. And some people might be saying, well, what's the difference between being kind and being good? Well, you know, the goodness of God is a word that was portrayed in early uh, Testament times. It was used to portray a person who is generous, big-hearted, charitable, with the resources. Kindness is, you know, being kind to people. But you can be kind to someone and, and not give them a $100 bill. You can smile and be kind and say, God bless you, love you, that type of thing. But goodness, goodness is someone that is a generous, big-hearted, charitable. And, and the $100 bill, don't take that as something legal. All right, that's just, I just threw that out there. And some people are saying, well, how can I ever be kind if I don't have $100 to give? Uh, start with where you are. So my point being, goodness, a generous person, a big-hearted person who is charitable with resources. Our Lord Jesus Christ operated, functioned in, in his earthly ministry in the goodness of God. In Acts chapter 10, 38 tells us that the Lord Jesus Christ was, was uh, he, that, that God filled him with the Holy Spirit, how, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. And what did he do? He went about doing good. Jesus went about doing good this is in Acts 10, 38. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Now, many times that scripture is used when people are ministering on healing and they read that particular verse and we read it like this, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Holy Ghost and with power and he went about doing good, healing people. And we just catch, he went about healing people. Yes, healing people is a good thing. But he went about doing good and something else. So he was going around doing good and healing. So he's doing two things, doing good and healing people. What was the doing good? That was being benevolent. That was him being good to people. That was him feeding people. That was him providing for people. Obviously, Judas saw him doing this throughout his walk with Jesus because, you know, when, when, uh, when he thought things were being wasteful, he said, you know, that money could have been uh, used to feed the poor, could have been used to, to, to meet people's needs. And so Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed. Doing good, being generous with your resources. Here's what I want you to recognize is that you do not have to wait to do good until you think that you have reached a certain income level or you've reached a certain plateau in, 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 in your wealth conundrum, whatever that may be for you. I want you to know, many times when we think of people that are, uh, you know, to do good with their, with their charitable giving and, and, and there's a, they're just very benevolent and, and, and they're just out there just giving away thousands of dollars, in some cases millions of dollars, and in some instances even billions of dollars into charitable organizations. You say, well, I'm not anywhere close to that, so that must not be pertaining to me. I want you to know you can start right where you are. If you only have $10 to do good, 
and you follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit with that $10 in resources that you have to do good with it, you are being benevolent. You are operating in the fruit of the Spirit known as goodness because you're being charitable with your resources. It doesn't doesn't have to be money either. It can be whatever resources you have that the Holy Spirit is prompting you in. You are willing and you are are generous and you are big-hearted and you are charitable with your resources. Jesus operated in goodness. We, as Christians, are to operate in the goodness of God, in the goodness of God. Pastor Rodney shared how yesterday Grace Church distributed 100 family food boxes, 4,000 pounds of groceries to 100 recipients in the city of Reading. That's doing good. That's the goodness of God. For the church itself, not a real big deal. Cost us $800 and some volunteers. But to the recipient of it, it was a big deal. The manager at the Olivet Boys and Girls Club, he was especially concerned about, you know, they had called the different families that they knew that uh, specifically needed more help than others. He said the one family is a family of a household of seven children and another household of eight children. He had like three families, and between those three families, I think it was like 20-some kids. And he was concerned that they're going to show up. I don't know if, they, if those particular families showed up or not, but that's the type of uh, situations that, that uh, we had the opportunity. You had the opportunity to, for goodness. Goodness was taking place. And other types of goodness are taking place. And we continue to do that in, uh, collectively as the body of Christ. But individually, you can do good. So the fruit of the spirit of goodness You are coming into a place where you are developing generosity. You are big-hearted and you are charitable with your resources. That is the fruit of goodness, the fruit of the spirit of goodness. And I want you to to grow in it, to to pay special attention to it, to pay special attention to it. And you you have to stick with it. You have to continue to stick with it. And, and, and God will honor that, and God will reward that. I know some years ago, it was probably 10 years ago, I had an impression in my heart that I, I'm always to keep a $50 bill in my wallet, and that as the Holy Spirit prompts, give it to a person that the Holy Spirit prompts to do that in. And I remember being faithful in that and doing that, giving a $50 bill, and then I'd get a, you know, give it to someone, put another one in my wallet, give it to someone, put another one in my wallet, make sure I had it. When I have that prompting, give it to someone. And there was a, a person that had received several of those. It was, a, it was a college student at the time. Tyler and Megan weren't in college yet, but uh, I, I know now, and looking back, this is just coming to me now, that when I see the favor of God on Tyler and Megan, on Nancy and I, and on Tyler and Megan while they were in college, I believe that that seed, that that charitable giving, that that goodness came back a hundredfold. We've seen the favor of God on our lives and on Tyler and Megan's lives during their college years. And I'm looking back and I can see that that was a, a charitable seed being sown. That was generosity. And even as I'm speaking it, the Lord is reminding me, saying, you know, you've kind of gotten away from that. You need to start paying special attention to it. 
I have a $50 bill in my wallet. It's been in there for a long time. I'll be at the back door when church is over. <laughs> There's a lot of people praying in tongues right now. <laughs> I hear that plea. <laughs> oh my, thank you, Jesus. So I will be obedient to the Holy Spirit and get back in the order of doing what he's instructing me to do in the area of generosity. We want to encourage you in that area as well, to learn to be generous, learn to be good. You say, Pastor, I can't be giving 50 away. Maybe you can give 50 cents away. Maybe you can give $5 away. Just as the Holy Spirit leads, just practice it, grow in it. Maybe just buy some extra groceries when you go to the grocery store and give them to a neighbor that you know could use them. Just do something. Do something. Uh, most of you are probably familiar with Joel Olstein, but I remember his father, John, preaching. And I remember him saying, he would have a phrase that he would say that, uh, he'd say, do something lest you do nothing. And so be doing something. Practice goodness. Ask the Holy Spirit, where can I start? These are my resources. This is, these are the assets I have. This is the goodness that you've entrusted me with, and how do you want me to go beyond what I'm doing with a, you know, tithing to my local church and, and, and supporting this, and I'm supporting that already? Uh, how would you have me to increase that? How, how do you want me to grow in this goodness and being generous? And uh, just let the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you, and uh, you'll be amazed. He'll just continue to show up and, and show himself strong, and the favor of God will be manifested on you, and you won't even I'm almost forget, you know, why is this favor? Why is this grace coming my way? Well, it's coming your way because you sowed it forward. So that's a term we often use, you know, pay it forward. So learn to be good. Is that a good deal? Amen. Amen. I'm so glad you came out this morning. We had a great time of worshiping. It was a good worship service. It was a good word. You are good people. You are kind. You are generous. You're patient. You're joyful, you're peaceful, you are healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. The psalmist in Psalm 23, in Psalm 23, ends out that Psalm, the 23rd Psalm, it, the last verse, verse 6 says, Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. So there you have that living, that abiding in the love of God, that's the source of the fruit. All the days of your life, you're paying special attention to it. And as a result of it, surely goodness. Everyone say, surely your goodness. You know, it's, it's God's goodness. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. Father, I pray that over this congregation right now. I pray that over everyone watching this online, that the, surely goodness, God's goodness and God's mercy is following you all the days of your life. And as you pay special attention and, 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 and you uh, focus and concentrate on, uh, on the areas that the Holy Spirit is prompting you in, I thank you, Lord God, that you are working together with us, that you are the fruit producer. And in Jesus' name, we are seeing growth in our lives. We are becoming more and more like you as we abide in your love and your love abides in us. We thank you, Lord God, that this, this, uh, th 
this uh, relationship that we have, that, that we are in concert, this interdependence that we have, that you are dependent on us and we are dependent on you, that the result of it is, is we are growing and maturing in the love of God and it's manifested by the various fruits. It's in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Father. Now, perhaps you might be here today and say, Pastor Ray, I've never yielded to the Holy Spirit. I've never even yielded to the goodness of God and, and, and him so loving us that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die at Calvary's cross. The Bible makes it very clear, makes it very clear as far as how to have and to experience eternal life. John three sixteen tells us that God so loved, number one, God so loved, number two, he so loved that he gave, and then number three, whoever believes would receive the gift of eternal life. So God loved, God gave, you believe that Jesus is the son of God. You believe that God gave him to go to the cross and shed his blood for your sin. You believe that and you confess that you receive the gift of eternal life. So let's go ahead and pray this prayer. If you never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're watching online, pray this together with us. And you are coming into a relationship with God. The love of God's being deposited into your heart. You're becoming a new person. All your sins are forgiven, and you're coming into the kingdom of God's dear Son, the kingdom of His love. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that you so loved that you gave Jesus Christ, that He went to the cross and shed his blood for my sin. I believe this in my heart, and I now confess Jesus Christ as my Savior. Thank you, Father, for taking away my sin, making me a new person. I receive it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Like Pastor Rodney mentioned earlier, if you're here for the first time, we'd love to have you stop by the Connect Center over to my left, the back, back of the auditorium here to the left. Stop by there just for a minute or two. And also, if you just prayed this prayer for your first time this morning, we invite you to stop by over there as well. We'd just like to have a record of your commitment. And online, go ahead and let us know uh, that, that you made this commitment as well. We'd love to resource you with a material that'll be beneficial to you. We love you. God bless you. And we'll be back here next Sunday morning having a great great time of worship, and I'll be teaching next Sunday morning on the faithfulness of God and how we can grow in the fruit of faithfulness as well. So God bless you. Love you. Have an awesome, awesome rest of the day.